Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Aaron Summers. The Saints are back in New Orleans after a tough loss to the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. It was a 13-0 final score there. Defense played great for the Saints, only allowing those 13 points to a San Francisco team that has been scoring on average 28 and a half points per game over the last four games since they acquired running back slash receiver slash whatever you need him to do, uh, all-purpose threat in Christian McCaffrey. They were able to keep that offense in check, just couldn't get things going offensively on the Saints' side. Next up for the Saints will be that Monday night football game at Tampa Bay. And and good thing is, is the Saints aren't out of things yet. The NFC South right now, Bucks are at the top at five and six, but they did lose a game yesterday. And with the Saints losing, that still means they're just a game and a half back. Falcons are at five and seven, Panthers at four and eight, as are the Saints. And the Saints going to Monday's game against Tampa is going to be a big game for them. Hopefully they can come out with a win there. They'll get a little bit of extra time off this week with that game being on Monday night. They're going to take a couple days here at the beginning of the week, and then they'll be practicing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday before heading to Tampa Bay on Sunday. So maybe that'll help. Health has been on the mend. Maybe get a couple players back. Get some good game planning done as they prepare for the Bucks on Monday night. To break down yesterday's game, I'm going to bring in sports columnist for the Times Picune, the New Orleans advocate, Rod Walker. I'm going to give his perspective on the game yesterday, the state of things with the Saints, and a couple players that he's been impressed with so far this season. Rod, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. I appreciate you taking the time today after yesterday's game. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Probably not. I'm doing probably a lot better than Saints fans are doing this morning. <laughs> it was not a fun game. I, and I think anybody would say that. I think the Saints players themselves didn't enjoy how that one turned out. What were your biggest takeaways from how things unfolded yesterday at Levi Stadium? I think the biggest takeaway was just seeing, I mean, some of these same issues that that the Saints have shown all season long and just shooting themselves in the foot uh, with the turnovers, especially Alvin Kamara, a guy who normally never turns the ball over. Mm-hmm. Him having two fumbles in a game was, you know, pretty surprising, especially that second one as a, as a team was, you know, about to go into the end zone and was going to probably make it a pretty interesting game. I mean, it, it could have been 13, you know, seven at that point, and they fumbled going to the end zone. I think that that was a tough way to start the game, to have a fumble on the opening drive. But as the game went on, there were so many moments for the Saints to to take over. It was almost like San Francisco just wasn't going to run away with it. You know, they weren't the same high-powered offense that we've seen over the past few weeks. I was looking at the clock, I think like eight minutes left in the second half, and I was like, man, it's still only 13-0. Like the Saints really have an opportunity here. And then, as you mentioned, there was the, the other fumble that was just kind of a crazy way for the ball to come out. And it got tipped several times 
before yeah. San Francisco was able to recover it. There were so many moments like that. I think even Tyron Matthew had a tipped ball in the end zone that fell into a 49ers hand for the touchdown. So it's just like almost everything kind of just wasn't going the Saints way yesterday. Yeah, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I mean, you, you look at Will Lutz missing a field goal. That mm-hmm. was, you know, that was a time when those were automatic and he missed a field goal. Then um, you had the penalties that we haven't even even talked about. We had the, the penalty on, on Chris Harris that wiped out Alante Taylor's interception. Um, you had the review on the call of the Chris Alave uh, reception that, you know, I even tweeted when he made that catch and they went to the review. I said, there's no way the 49ers are going to win this challenge. And then they come out and they say it's, you know, they overturned their call. So, I mean, just nothing went right for the Saints. Um, you can credit the Saints defense too, though. I mean, you talk about that score being 13 to zero. Uh, the defense did their part in giving themselves a chance because if I had, if someone had told me before the game that the 49ers would only score four, um, 13 points, I mean, to me, I think this, you know, I'd say, yeah, the Saints are going to win this game if that's the case. And, you know, even, <laughs> uh, but 13 points was enough on this game because the offense just couldn't get it done when they had those so many chances getting inside of the five yard line twice and and being unable to score. I mean, that's just um, really bad when you when you can't score that close. Yeah, no, it was definitely tough. Uh, you mentioned the Chris Olave catch, non-catch, and Coach Allen talked about it after the game as well. He didn't necessarily say something to get himself into trouble, but he definitely towed the line. I think it was funny to hear his comment that he just doesn't know what a catch is anymore. What was your takeaway there? Because I think even being at the stadium, talking to other media members there, all, all, all of us watching the replay as it was happening, thought the same thing as you. This is definitely a catch. Yeah, I mean, I was just, <laughs> I was shocked about it. Again, I made that tweet and I just knew I was right and I had to retract it because <laughs> I was ended up being wrong. But I mean, we've seen this over the past couple of years. I mean, there are just some some rules about catches in NFL that, that are just hard to, to understand. and um, I mean, I listened to the, um, I can't remember who the um, the replay official they had that was, you know, going over the rules sure. after it. And, you know, he, he thought it was the correct call as well, just based on the rule. And it just, well, you know, he has to say that, of, right? I mean, he has to back up the call in that instance. But. Yeah, I, well, I, there have been times when they'll, you know, they'll say at the call, they missed a call. But, yeah, I think in that instance, he, he probably did want to protect the league, maybe. I don't know. but. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I just think the Saints, they had, I'm not really one who likes to put losses on the officials. I think the Saints had too many opportunities, uh, some other opportunities to, to score. And um, I, I just, you know, I don't want to get away from Camaro's fumbles and Lutz's missed field goals and some of the other drop passes in the game. I mean, I just thought there was a lot of other things that, that factored into it. But, yeah, obviously you get some of those calls, they go your way. I mean, it definitely helps, but it wasn't the case on Sunday. Yeah. You mentioned the defense and their performance. They were flying around, and you knew coming into this game that the weapons that San Francisco has, especially how many yards they get after the catch. They lead the league with seven yards on average after catches, which was a point of emphasis for the Saints going into this. We heard a lot of the players, uh, defensive coordinator Chris Richard, talking about how they had to fly to the ball. They had to tackle how would you evaluate their ability to eliminate some of those extra yardage plays? Yeah, I thought they, they were exceptional. I mean, going to this game, you know, we have to do these predictions in the paper. And I had the Saints, I mean, not the Saints, they had the 49ers scoring 34 points, I believe. I just thought they would be able to 
to mm-hmm. put up a lot of points because of those same issues that you just talked about, the missed tackles that have been a problem for the Saints. But they definitely fixed those issues. And um, again, you hold this team to 13 points, you should you should be in the game. And I think 49ers finished with a little over 300 yards, but it wasn't a whole lot. And um, yeah, the Saints did enough. I mean, they, you know, even we talked about that Camaro fumble on the opening drive and the Saints were able to hold them to a field goal there. And then there was that drive later on when they were able to, you know, they stopped them um, as the 49 was getting ready to score there too. So, I mean, they, the defense did their part and, you know, that's what this team is going to have to do to have, have a chance to be successful because the offense isn't um, what it, you know, what it, what it used to be. So, I mean, the defense is going to have to win a lot of games with this team. And yesterday they, they gave the Saints a chance. Yeah. There was that fourth down stop about three minutes left to go in the second quarter. You're fourth and one from the one. And you go with Jimmy Garoppolo as a QB sneak. Like, what are, what are they doing? Why why are you calling? I mean, I'm glad they did because we obviously stopped him. But, I mean, I would think I would plenty of other options there. Yeah, I mean, you, when you got guys like Devo, Samuel, and, uh, and uh, Christian McCaffrey, I mean, you think you'd go with one of those Mitchell, guys on that play. I mean, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they picked the worst option they had, and, and it didn't work. And, you know, again, I mean, the Saints, unfortunately, weren't able to capitalize on that. You know, you got a big stop, and those are kind of plays that – that you're going to have to make to beat a team like San Francisco. Yeah, so it ended up being a shy Tuttle sack, so he pads some numbers there on that call by the 49ers. Looking forward now, it's it's crazy to say and to think about it, but the Saints aren't out of it. You know, the NFC South, the division has continued to kind of beat each other up, and nobody seems to want to run away with it. They go into this game a game and a half back. The Bucks lose. So, you know, they're still leading, but I think, you know, it's still out there for the Saints if they can go and get a win on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You know, you were looking into, um, we're going into December and, and nobody in the um, NFC South has a winning record. Uh, Bucks lost yesterday. And I think Cleveland, I mean, they, the Bucks lost to the Browns. And mm-hmm. I think Cleveland showed some signs of what you can do to beat the Bucks. They were able to run the ball. I think they had 160 some yards on the ground. Um, Nick Chubb had a really good game against them, and I think the Saints are going to probably have to try to use that same formula to beat uh, the Bucks on uh, Monday night next week because, um, I mean, the Saints obviously are a better team when they can run the ball. They haven't done that successfully these past couple of weeks. I mean, look at yesterday, and Andy Dalton was the leading rusher, and you don't ever want to see that. You got <laughs> Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill and Mark Ingram, but that's what happened yesterday, and I yeah. think the Saints are going to really have to try to run the ball against, against the Bucks and hopefully the Defense can play like they did last year when they went to Tampa and, and shut Tampa out nine to zero, in wow. a game where you know Dennis Dennis Allen was the head coach in that game because Sean Payton was right. out because of COVID and um, you know that was probably Dennis Allen's best win as a quote unquote head coach for the Saints and he'll need to try to duplicate that effort next Monday night to give this team a chance because if they lose that one, you know you fall another game behind Tampa and they will have swept the series if that happens. So this is pretty much a. Um, do or die game for the Saints. I mean, they have to win this one or they're pretty much eliminated. I mean, I just, you know, you take their chances after another loss. So yeah, it's you, a definitely a, a pivotal game for them. For sure. That game last year was a, a 9-0 win. So lots of field goals in that one for the Saints. Hopefully Will Lutz will bounce back and, um, you know, start hitting some more of these. I mean, it was a tough situation for him. They got moved back. They were going to go for it on fourth down, and then there's the false start penalty that bumps them back, and and they decide to go for the field goal. You mentioned the run game 
you know, what do the Saints need to do to get that going? That's a good question. I don't think, I mean, I mean, you look at the line, they're sort of getting back in healthy and getting guys back. Obviously, Eric McCoy is still not back. Um, but this is a team they really just can't afford to, like, fall behind in games. Like, they need to get something going early, and they can kind of keep that running game going. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is a team that's been falling behind, so then you can't run. And, you know, it just – just a bad combination of things. And I mean, you know, we talked about the fumble yesterday on that first drive. I mean, they just kill the momentum. The penalties get them behind the chains a lot. So a lot of time, you know, second and five turns into second and 10. And then all of a sudden you have to throw again and you can't run. So just a lot of things going wrong for the running game. I mean, they have, I think they have the personnel to run. They just, um, just got to keep quit um, shooting themselves in the foot, which is something we've been talking about since that first game mm-hmm. back on uh, September the 11th. So. Well, there are a couple of players that got back on the field for the first time um, this season, actually, with offensive tackle Trevor Penning getting on the field for a few snaps. And then you have the return of Bradley Roby, who'd been on IR. Cameron Jordan was able to come back and play. Mark Ingram, who's been out for quite some time. So health does seem to be trending in the right direction for the Saints. I mean, that's something you mentioned about the offensive line doesn't seem like Eric McCoy is going to come back anytime soon. He's still on IR. But that's definitely helping bolster what this team can be, what they thought that they were going to be able to be at the beginning of this season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially on the defensive guy, on the defensive side of the ball, another guy, Marcus Davenport, was also back yesterday. So I think that sort of showed up on the defensive side and mm-hmm. what they were able to do by, you know, holding this team to, to, to 13 points. But on the offensive side, I mean um, – you pretty much have everybody back now except, I mean, you don't have Michael Thomas and um, and, and Jameis who started beginning of the season who, you know, who's not been playing. But mm-hmm. the offense is, you know, they're pretty much intact as well. So um, they're going to have to get some breaks. And I, I, I think it goes back to the penalties and the turnovers more than anything. I mean, they're, you saw, I guess, last week when they played the Rams that they were able to avoid the penalties and turnovers and you, and you saw what happened. And obviously the Rams aren't as good of a team as the 49ers are, but um, this team has to pretty much play a perfect game to win. I mean, they can't, they have to do all the little things right or they're not going to win. And, and it showed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last uh, week against the Rams, it was no turnovers and two penalties. So definitely a much cleaner game before I let you go. Anybody that you've been impressed with over the past couple weeks, that's, just stood out despite maybe just the overall outcome of some of these games? Yeah, you know, I, and when you ask that question, it's, it's kind of funny because some of the guys who stand out are these guys who are fairly new to the team, guys who haven't been here but, you know, less than three years. I mean, you look at Cade Nellis has really stepped up big, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of filling in for Pete Werner, who was um, – Pete Werner was having an exceptional season. He went down and Cade Nellis stepped right, away, stepped right in and, and did really well. Then you go up to the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Chris Olave probably had the best, most consistent season of anybody on the offense. I mean, every game he's pretty much um, stepped up and played really well. I think Rashid Shaheed is a guy who, yeah, uh, I think he, he touched the ball three times yesterday and got a first down every single time. I mean, you know how he started his career scoring on the very first time he touched the ball, and I think the second time he had the long touchdown. So I mean, he's a guy that has been able to make plays and good things have happened. He had some even decent returns yesterday as well. So. Um, I think the future looks pretty good on the receivers with receivers with Alave and, and, and Rashid, but you just want to see some of these other guys step up and and play well, and that just hadn't really, really been the case. But I do think 
it's promising to see some of these young guys like those two rookie receivers I just mentioned play like yeah. they played so far. Yeah, it's been fun to watch them. I think it's been, you know, something they expected that Chris Olave was going to come in and be ready to play. You know, he mentions a lot about the the way he was developed at Ohio State and playing at a high caliber yeah. there, being able to kind of step in. But yeah, Rashid Shahid coming from Weber State and the way that he's had an impact, the return game. I mean, when is he going to finally break one? Yeah, you keep thinking it's, it's happening soon. I, you know, I, I think I texted someone yesterday during the game, and I was like, man, I think Rashid's going to have to break one for this team to even score because <laughs> the offense just wasn't, wasn't getting it together. And, um, and, and going back to Olave, I talked to him in the locker room one day. Um, I guess it was after the Baltimore game. And, you know, he just kind of talked about it. It is kind of frustrating and it's different for him because he's not used to losing coming from Ohio State. And like, so this is like sure. uncharted territory for him. He said he didn't lose in high school. I mean, you know, he's just he's the guy that's just used to winning. So this is new for him. And it's kind of weird to see some of these rookies come in and have to experience that because for the past you know, past few years, you know, the Saints have been winning. So it's a little, it's a little different for some of these young guys to to see this team taking these many losses. Yeah, it's a weird thing where he's getting a lot of opportunity. He's doing really well individually, but it is a juxtaposition of the team and, and the team he's come from before. Uh, it's funny because at what point do you are you cool because you're doing well, but it's good to see and hear that he really does care about the overall performance of the team and wanting the team to, to win. And I think that's kind of the mentality that this the squad has had since the season started is the they're still in it they're still sticking together and they're still working towards what they think that they can be so that's been good to see though after these yeah. these tough games right and a lot of that though i think has to do with the division i mean because in a normal year if the bucks or falcons or panthers or whoever were nine and three right now i mean this season would be pretty much done so i mean i think being in that division with so much parity. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it, it gives you a chance. So, I mean, I think that's a good thing. These, especially these younger guys, they, they do have something to continue to fight for in, in a season that in any, other, any other year would probably be a lost season. Yeah. So it might not feel good today, Saints fans, because coming off a loss, but still, still a lot out on the table for the Saints, starting with this upcoming game against the Bucks on Monday night. Rod, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate the insight. And, you know, we'll just kind of ride this one out this week. Hope for a win next week. Yep. All right. Thanks for having me on there. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.